He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. All right, we're back this week on a special episode of the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Jack Fish and my main man, my sidekick, my good buddy, D. Scott Dennis. Hi there. Yes, yes. And uh, joining us today, we have Harrison and we have Mr. Frank Mir. Uh, Legend. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, what do we got going on, fellas? Well... I will definitely uh, take it up. I thank you, uh, Frank. Thanks for coming on such short notice. As you can tell, he is uh, training every day, and he's taking a break to come do this. So I will do as much talking as I can, Frank. I promise. I, I um, we are gearing up to head out to Memphis. Uh, I leave tomorrow. I think Frank leaves the next day or, or whatever uh, for UFL two, which is super exciting for multiple reasons, but. Um, one, it's just the next step of UFL. You know, we had our inaug- inaugural event in um, February in Arizona, and it went off amazing. You know, uh, I, I I couldn't have asked for a better first event. And now we're going into number two, which is special because it's in Memphis, which is Rampage uh, Jackson's hometown. And to make it even more special – his son Raja is fighting on the card. Uh, wow! I think I think I was telling you offline. You know, uh, we we made a lot of noise with Frank on Brendan Schaub's show, uh, talking about how Frank would love to fight on the same card with Bella, and yeah. so it got a lot of attention. And, and Rampage was like, "Wait, but next week my son is fighting on the same card." Is so I need to make sure that we are making just as much noise for uh, Quentin as uh, as it deserves because it's really exciting you know it's not only his hometown it's his legacy his son is now being passed the torch for the uh iconic slams hopefully we get a good rampage slam out of him mm. but uh you know it's just gonna be a great night we're just this is the next one and the next one and so frank is getting all ready and getting all pretty for uh, what he does best which is being the voice and the face in the in i almost said octagon how dare i <laughs> In the, in the UFL cage, I should say. Nice. Nice. Uh, Mr. Mir, I got to ask. Um, obviously, uh, excited about your your own fight, um, but uh, the uniqueness of your daughter fighting on the same card, um, I mean, this is a one-of-one, one, if I'm not mistaken. No, it is. I, I don't think, think it's happened before. Yeah. Might not happen um, for a while. Sure. And th- is this going to be the last one for you, sir? Yes. Okay. So, what? wow. I mean, what a way to go out. Uh, retirement fight. And then the first time one of one fighting on the same card as your daughter. Um, any thoughts, sir? <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, honestly, right now, just because of the UFL 2 coming up, I'm actually more focused on that, just training, and then just worried about that one. And then once we're past that, then I guess I can focus more on August. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, he's, being, he's being very humble. He's uh, being a team player for, for Rampage, like he was saying. You know, uh, it, the mirror card is, is going to 
always get as much attention as it wants. Um, and so, like Frank was saying, he's uh, he's done a great job at really focusing on UFL too because we are we're making noise and we are in a good way. You know, it's not like we're coming in trying to say, hey, we're the best already. We're we're screw UFC. We're the you know. It's like no, no, no. We know. We know where we're at. We know where mm-hmm. we're starting. And uh, we're humbly saying, look, we're in it for the long haul. We're not going to be a one and done. We're not going to blow our wad trying to get a Francis Naganyu right off the bat and hope that the audience comes, um, you know, quick enough for us to raise enough money to, to stick around. We're doing it smart, methodically, strategically, where really what's going to grow it is the fans. And the more we're able to cultivate our community with our fans that see what we're trying to do by by changing the industry forever with the fighters with uh health insurance life insurance and of course ownership in the company itself um we can't do that by blowing our money recklessly and so you know picking picking our battles and making sure that we stick around for the long haul um is the goal and we're we're blessed to have the talent pool that we do at the budgets we have but with each event, our budgets keep growing and growing and growing because the audience, as they learn what we're doing, they become our, you know, they become the biggest supporters out there. So it's just, it's just the, you know, it's the long game. It's the marathon. And uh, this UFL two is just the next step in the, in the marathon. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Well, to me, uh, you guys sound like the, the fighters, company you know like being a a fighter's fighter so to speak um i know coming from from pro wrestling it's it's been um you know tossed around for years how at one time there was an attempt to like unionize uh pro wrestlers and when the attempt fell flat when they couldn't get it done um it's just it it's why the independent contractor has existed in pro wrestling and continues to and it kind of limits the performers um options and their rights and uh, dare i say like with uh mma you know uh fighters are it, it, correct me if i'm wrong mr mir but in in a similar kind of foxhole it seems no not at all man. you're right but it's something that's never going to happen in the nature of uh, our right. sports Right. So I think that uh, the next best thing is to give people a better option, and that's what we're doing with the UFL. Yes, sir. And, well, that's why I'll call you you, you guys, Harrison, the the Fighters uh, League. You I know? love that. That, um, that uh, Frank, Frank actually said uh, he didn't give himself credit because one of our taglines and slogans was, you know, come fight with us. You know, a lot of the other promotions are fight for us or come be our fighters or or whatever, and – uh, I think one of our um, advertisements or promotions that we did, we 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 brought in the hey, come fight with us. And Frank was like, "Who came up with that? That's awesome!" Yeah, like, uh, I think you did. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it was it was awesome because it really does. You know, he knows more than any of us that uh, you, you know, growing the MMA sport in itself was no um, fancy, make a lot of money, but the sport has grown so much where a lot of people or not a lot of people, but some people have made a lot of money. And sure. unfortunately the people who have made a lot of the money haven't been the fighters. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a lot of talks 
a lot of great sound bites of people saying, let's unionize, let's make, let's make uh, the world better for fighters and everything. And it gets a lot of attention for a day, um, you know, or for a promotion, you know, a, a celebrity boxing match, you know, leading up to it. And you're like, oh, cool. Well, if uh, supposedly if, if somebody's victorious in this promotion, they're going to, they're going to open this uh, union and, and the mm-hmm. other guy's going to help him be, the president of the union and then crickets after it's over, yeah. you know, like I said, it, it, the soundbite did its job to raise a lot of awareness and get a lot of eyes, but you know, what's the follow through and Frank and I really are, are trying to not only talk about it in the sense that, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Like we keep hearing over and over and over again. Um, oh, we're going to, you know, we've done it. We have a league now that offers full health insurance to our mm-hmm. fighters that are going to stick with us that are going to be in it for the long haul. They have ownership in the company that will pay them dividends, whether they're fighting or not. Obviously the more you fight, the more shares you obtain, which will pay you more throughout your life. But wow. even, if you fought, even if you fought once your shares are dividend bearing shares that will based on the profitability of the company reward you for all your sacrifice. And uh, so we're really excited to, like you said, be the fighters fighter or the fighters, fighters league. Yeah. So Harrison, then, then that there's like a, um, a structure in place. The more you fight, the more you are uh, compensated. Yeah. I mean, wow. right now we know, we know that our purses aren't the most, you know, groundbreaking you know we're not going to make headlines for sure 40 million dollar purses yet okay but what we do want to show is for, for the long haul the marathon the people who are going to help us grow this league right. hey right now the purses are what they are long you game. Keep building shares in the company can you imagine if frank or tito or rampage had shares in the ufc from the very beginning sure. you know what i mean and right. so you know it's it's shared risk shared reward um, and shared sacrifice. If you're willing to come over and you're a bigger name and not take so, not need so much cash in that first right away, but you're willing, but you're like, Hey, give me 10,000 shares in the company. I mean, there's yeah. so many ways to negotiate and make it a win-win sure. that ultimately, you know, we have a lot of the UFL is the parent corporation. We have a lot of things that are generating revenue underneath, not just the promotion that, you know, lives off of sponsorships and lives and dies by, merch sales or content um, right. revenue. We have energy drinks and supplements and uh, uh, protein cookies and, and so many more things that we're developing that whether they're with our league or not, these products would be crazy success. Like for example, they're, they're going into Costco, they're going into Walmart, they're going into all these other things that okay. even, if, even if you don't follow MMA or, you, or follow our league, these pr- successful products are going to be what really provides the um, freedom financially to not be completely beholden to um, a network or to right. um, a sponsor, you know, deal where maybe the sponsors with a network or, or a energy drink or whoever that doesn't want your league to do certain things, whether, you know, nowadays we live in a very political society, you can't really, do Oof, things when you're, you're beholden, telling me dude when you're beholden to people through purse springs purse <laughs> strings there we go um you can't pivot you can't really make some decisions that your mission might need to align with like being a fighter's league 
what if we had to make just some decisions like we no longer offer health insurance because we can't afford it. We need to provide shareholders more money. It's like all these things, we are providing ourselves the insulation to actually accomplish what our mission is set out to do. And I'm really excited for these these uh, supplements, these drinks, these everything that are su successful on their own for the fighters to have shares in those companies too. Like that, right. revenue, that revenue, that asset is going to be pumping out revenue for the long haul and so being so, a cheerleader these fighters are promoting it on their social media they're wearing it on their you know shirts they're they're doing their winning interview with frank after the fights holding the can being like go here go here because they know that that's going to take care of them forever not only financially but we have a product that everybody's proud of it has great ingredients it's not just this sugar dump uh gatorade right. want to be knockoff and uh it's just a money grab we are proud of these products for for being a benefit to our athletes you know whether it's an energy drink or it's the mood stabilizer after you had a successful day and you kind of need to calm down and have the mental break mental health and you know anxiety fighting depression fighting all these different things that were really man i i Call me Chatty Cathy right now. I apologize. I'm dominating this whole freaking interview. But sell me, brother. Sell me. Sell it. You're doing good. Yeah, sell it, baby. Sell me. I apologize. Very excited. No, quite all right. Um, Harrison, I got to ask, how uh, will I identify? The products are, these are all by different names, or is there a common... Um... If you go to F3energy.com, um, you will see right now we have five drinks um, and two cookies. The cookies are protein cookies. They have yeah. really good probiotics, prebiotics, and it's a, it's a plant-based protein, which, you know, a lot of gym people don't love, but right now we're able to show, you know, a lot of healthy ingredients that still provide a lot of the same benefits. Within, sure. So we're able to say dairy-free, we're able to say uh, vegan, all these different things for the, for the cookies, but the drinks, not only did we want to have a very healthy energy boost, like, uh, you know, a green tea extract caffeine. So it's not just like the monster energy or yeah. the Red Bull where the, it just jacks you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like a pre-workout and you're like, you're, you're <laughs> awake, but you're barely freaking yeah. there. You know, um, this is, this has extra, uh, ingredients and added it. Uh, I almost said additives, but added benefit where yeah. ginkgo biloba, ginseng, panax, l uh, magnesium, all these different benefits for the mind clarity and, and acuity. And we want to be able to jack people physically, but also mentally, because I know I have to okay. get a lot of work done. And when I'm tired and I drink a monster, yeah, I'm not falling asleep, but I'm not able to be function. Like I'm not, I'm not as sharp as I need to be for sure. big business. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds, uh, it sounds great. I, I wanted to, to definitely get that, that name of these out there, uh, so that people know what to look for. Um, uh, okay. So Frank, um, you're in the, in the, the stage that you're in now, um, the career that you've had, I mean, just it, it you know, it's mind boggling the, the amount of time you have fought. Um, 
what are your feelings going into uh, into this last one? And at the same time, you're, you're kind of shouldering some of the load here with uh, the Fight League. Um, do you feel any added uh, pressure from that? Or is this like, you know, I mean, you've had so many rodeos at this point. Is it just kind of like, yep, just strap it up and get out there and do the thing? No, I mean, actually, first and foremost, I just want to make sure that I'm prepared enough that when I go out there, I've seen too many guys fight past their prime. Yes, and sir. It looks bad, you know what I mean? And, and mm -hmm. I, as, you, as you're sitting there, you're watching it, you kind of just, it's an uncomfortable spectacle. And obviously, I don't want that to be a situation for me. Uh, second, I do realize that, like, you know, a, a lot of my uh, motivation for the fight is to bring attention to the UFL, which it's doing, you know, to great leaps and bounds with my daughter and I. Um, almost detrimental, though, to the rest of the <laughs> shows leading up to it. So I'm, <laughs> and now I'm trying to, like, put the brakes on it a little bit while we're just trying to get ready and then uh, maybe start picking up against steam for it once it's our shows the next one in line yeah yeah that that's understandable i mean that's the part that i think people um tend to lose track of is like okay at the end of the day you have to end this thing by you know going on uh pay-per-view or whatever we would consider it at this point basically in your underwear and uh throw bones with another man who's trying to kill you <laughs> Yeah, so I just want to make sure I'm prepared. And I said, like, right now, training so far, no, no major injuries and make sure it stays that way. You know, things are different how I have to train, how my daughter trains, just because of the age differences. And yes, um, luckily, I'm smart enough to see the writing on the wall and have the time to make those adjustments. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how big a part of um, just your, your overall regimen at this point is recovery? Like I've noticed uh, for myself, um, I've, you know, beat my body up over the years. And at this point, um, like yoga and cold plunge have become two of my best friends. Yes. Yeah, no, recovery, you know, really it's important for all levels. I've tried to really preach that to my daughter right now. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have been more conscious of that when I was younger. Um, mm -hmm. It's just we get away with it. It's kind of like eating bad. It's never a yeah. good time to eat bad, right. but when you're 25, you can go yeah. to Taco Bell you're fine. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, uh, Frank, how old is your daughter? 19. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Young. Oh, my God. <sighs> but it's funny. Uh, he When you asked him if uh, he's stressed, one of the things that I've learned about uh, Frank in our developing of this league he handles stress way better than i do and so yeah. it's kind of fun to uh you know see how he's able to handle training for a potential fight you know obviously still being a, a parent of some incredible athletes of both his son and daughter who are going so juggling that juggling being obviously our voice and face of the event so right. i wanted to answer your question of how how is he um, leading up to it? I, I wanted to say he's leading up to it a lot better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank, I, I, th that's the thing, too, is I've always been a, a big fan myself of your commentary. Uh, Frank's commentary, I, I've always remembered it as being insightful, but entertaining and able to kind of bridge that gap and have a foot in the uh, in the knowledgeable um factual place but then also you know can can deliver it in an entertaining way in a way that like you want to listen to um 
So kudos to you for the for the the commentary as well, uh, Mr. Mir. No, I appreciate that. That's one thing I always constantly bring to the UFL, even for when I'm not fighting. And that's what hopefully we'll see this weekend. Uh, some great commentary with some great fights. Yeah, yeah, and that that so, um, Harrison. Um, oh, hey guys, I'm sorry. I apologize. I have to get running right now. Uh, my kids are coming home, and now it's off to the next practice. So. <laughs> Do your thing, sir. I'm trying to like hit mic mute on my phone. Is everything? I'm like, oh man. So just, Please do what you gotta do. Man. Go do the dad thing, man. Go do the dad yeah. thing. Yeah. Hey, pleasure Thank meeting you, you sir. Right there, right, right there. Sure. Thank you. Good luck. And there he's gone. <laughs> so, so, guys, I'm sorry. No, no, please, ah, Harrison, that was a great surprise, man. Thank you so much for uh, for bringing him on. Uh, absolute pleasure. Um, been so a, speaking, a fan of, of Frank Mears for as long as I could be. Oh yeah, so, no, we, and we get we get um, you know comment after comment after comment about how just uh, impressive Frank's ability to, like you said, commentate from a knowledge standpoint, break down yeah. what people are doing on the ground, especially. Um, but then in a, in a not ridiculous, like you still would like to listen to it. It's not boring. It's yeah. not too broken down. <laughs> yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Frank was the, uh, color guy, uh, for, I'm, I'm the name of the league is escaping me, but it's the one that Jose Aldo came from, uh, Dominic Cruz. Oh man. Up. Uh, not he commentates for X, XFN for uh, sometimes, which I think is a feeder league. Um, well, I think this was this was before some of the lighter weight classes were brought into the UFC. I think like 125, 135, 145 might not have been in the UFC yet. And there was it was the same fight league that, um, uh, like I said, Dominic Cruz, Uriah Faber, Jose Aldo. Oh man, um, I need to talk to him. I don't know. And I, I think know. Frank was I want to say Frank was the lead color guy for that. And that because I was a fan of Frank Mir already, but then to hear him do commentary, it was like, holy shit, like this. I mean, that just stuck out to me. Um, because you you know, like within pro wrestling, a lot of pro wrestlers go second, uh, they they set find a second career in commentary. And um it was just, it, it was like, wow, he is, and not that I didn't expect him to be, but I know exactly he was so well-spoken and his thoughts were so well put together. And he was just, I was an English major. I can appreciate his ability to communicate because sometimes I can't. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's true. And, and he says it, he says it a lot. He's like, he, he can always tell when people, um, He's like, I feel like the, the good looking girlfriend where they're like, oh, hey, and you're actually smart. You know, I'm like, <laughs> right. he's like, right. He, he says he's gotten over it, but because he, he gets yeah. it, he, he sees some other really incredible fighters then try to get on the mic and it not be as, yeah. uh, as great as, as. 100%. 100%. There's some that knock it out of the park and there's some that don't. And that, that it's just a, it's a microcosm for life, you know? I mean, it, it just is what it is. Um, all right. Well, Harrison, I got to say, um, is it time to plug um, Rampage? And Always. Rampage's son, um, 
What weight class will uh, Rampage's son, his his name is? Raja. Raja. Raja yes. Jackson. He's fighting at? I believe he's fighting at 205 as well. I, oh, okay. So he's a big I, he's a big. Yeah, dude. please don't kill me. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if, like I said, Sophia or Rampage is going to hate me for not knowing all the details in and out like they do. But um, Listen, you're a busy man. This is a big big weekend for you coming up uh you you get a you get a, a mulligan on that thank you no, <laughs> from but, me uh, at least from them probably not <laughs> no good good point yeah, uh, yeah. We're, i'll have them watch this after the event yeah you know when, yeah. when we're no longer together <laughs> right give me no. give me their number and i'll call them after the show and, you know <laughs> we'll smooth it over <laughs> well we need to have you guys out there someday i don't know if you guys uh can uh, swing this weekend, but August is in Arizona, and then December is in Arizona as well. So, well, we would love to come out. We would love to come out. That oh, would yeah. be uh, that'd be fantastic. You maybe, let us maybe know. the mirror card. Yeah, I sh- shit. I'd be there. You let us know <laughs> for sure. I mean, that's an absolute, Harrison. Like you got a yes right away. Awesome. And I mean, maybe you guys are just becoming like. Uh, it's, it's going to need to be tradition to talk to you guys at least once before each event because talking to you guys before UFL 1, obviously UFL 1 being a success, I'm uh, I'm pretty superstitious, so let's let's keep cool. it going. I'm Absolutely. here for it. I'm 100%. here for it, sir. Hey, how stressed so, out is Rampage? He's a lot more like me than Frank. I think we uh, he and I care a lot more about the details, well, some details, uh, then Frank, you know, Frank is able to just be like, Hey, whatever, they, whatever is thrown up to us, we'll figure it out. Me and Rampage are kind of like, or we could give it, you know, a little <laughs> bit of stress. Um, yeah. but, uh, so, so even, you know, he's handling it, it great. I think just being a dad of, you know, a fighter, I can imagine being, is being stressful is especially as it being Rampage's hometown, I think he's taking a lot of it on himself on the success of this event and of obviously course. also wanting his son to be successful. So I'm trying to be way more, you know, sensitive and, and uh, giving him a wide berth this weekend uh, rather than normally being like, hey, let's let's make sure that we're on this podcast, make sure that we're on this and this and this. You know, I'm kind of steering clear of him a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I get it. Raja is uh, what? What record are we looking at? How many fights is this for Raja? I'm pretty sure he's three and zero, but okay. I know that's also Bella's record right now is three and zero. So I hope okay. I'm not mixing him up. But I, I know that he's undefeated, and I know that uh, uh, Rampage wants him to have way more fights than I thought he would want as an amateur before going pro. But there's, you know with rampage being the vet and the one of the goats i i will lean on his advice to think he knows you know he knows what he's doing but i'm like let's get raja in the ufl immediately and this and this and he's like he know he he knows what he's doing so exactly exactly it was something I thought of a minute ago when Frank um, had said uh, the thing about unionizing. And if, if there's somebody from the inside who knows, it would be Frank Mir. Uh, it would be like a Rampage Jackson. I mean, these guys are the OGs. 
of what is now known as uh, MMA and uh, the brand that is the UFC and that stuff. Like I remember as a kid growing up, um, you know, Boss Rutan fighting in in Pancrase and stuff like that. Like these are these are the OGs, and and uh, I put them in that same category as uh, you know Frank Mir, Rampage Jackson, Boss Rutan. You know, true martial artists. Absolutely. And they said that they've been hit up by every person saying that they want to start a union from day one. And uh, yeah, it just never happens. And so they will never, you know, yeah. and so we can't. Oh, I, I keep cutting you off. Sorry. No, no, no. P- please, Harrison, continue. No, I was going to say, so I think, I think, you know, there's a lot to that with uh, the unions never going to happen. So we need to find a more creative way. Yes. to still accomplish a lot of those benefits, which, hey, we'll just make it all in our own league rather than having to have them be separate, union go in and fight all the leagues. Let's right. just become the beacon, the beacon league that everybody wants to come to anyway. Right. Well, I mean, I give you credit for, for being willing to find a plan B because I think that a lot of times people, you know, it's just human nature. Like you just throw your hands up and go, oh, okay, well, we can't do it. And I, totally. I do kind of feel like, um, you know, coming from the pro wrestling industry and the conversations about the unionizing um, and that back in, I, I think it's rumored to be like the late 80s or early 90s or something. And when it didn't happen, um, it just went away and then it was decided like, oh, okay, well, it'll never happen. But uh, why wasn't their conversation about, well, well, what can we get done that maybe yeah. won't be a union, but would be something else. So I give you major props just for that, for finding another option because there always is, you just got to a lot. Yeah. Hey, I don't bring a lot to the table. Um, you know, that with the legends that we have with UFL, you know, rampage and, and Frank and, and Sophia with her operational abilities. Like I said, I, I don't bring a lot of additional value, but with the business side, luckily I've been blessed to have somewhat of a innovative personality that if I could bring some other options, let's go. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that, um, I, you know, Harrison, we don't know each other that well, but one of the things that every human being is in control of is, is how hard you're willing to work and uh, you strike me as a guy that uh, that burns both ends of the candle happily, and uh, just just get it done. So for that am, alone, I, I with, appreciate. Thank you. I am with my wife right now, and uh, she will be. <laughs> she is definitely um, the first to say that I burn too many wigs from too many sides, and uh, she. <laughs> So we got this Saturday, the 13th day of the month, Memphis, Tennessee. You guys come to bring it. We got Rampage's son. It's going to be an event you don't want to miss. How do we watch it? Tell us. On Rumble, we're streaming it exclusively on Rumble for free. Um, You know, they've been a great partner for us. They really want to grow their uh, sports uh, market an audience and we're the first uh pretty much the first sport especially the first combat sport league uh slap kind of came over and tried to copy us but uh we we plan to grow with rumble and uh 
So please chime in, uh, tune in. It's free, and uh, we want to keep it that way. Nice, 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 nice. Well, I'm here for it. I love it. Um, man, I wish you guys all the luck. Uh, successful it. event. And uh, Harrison, try not to go uh, too crazy. It'll all work out one way or the other, my friend. Hey, you sound like Frank now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Guys, I appreciate you very much. Thank you, Harrison. You good luck. We'll see you soon, brother. Be good. Good luck. Bye, guys. Bye. Awesome. Guys, yeah. I hope you're ready for the second part of the interview because in our green room right now, oh, is he there? He's our next guest. He just oh, popped in. Oh, oh, oh. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Podcast. Johnny, Johnny. Johnny Podcast is in here, ladies and gentlemen. Look at Thanks this. For me, guys. I was hoping John Travolta. That's who I thought we had. Oh, man, John Travolta would be in a mansion somewhere or flying a plane. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, close enough. Like close enough. Well, close enough. I wish I could. Yeah. I think he's got a shaved head. Yeah, I think yeah, Travolta's bald now. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? You wouldn't even recognize him, I think. Lord, yeah. Lord, I, you know, Lord if I'm not mistaken, I think he has a, a home here in Florida. I think he has a, a home in Ocala. My wife's from Ocala. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Travolta has a, a like a, a home that he's a residence in Ocala that he spends a lot of time in. Makes sense. Yeah, I know a lot of yeah, useless things. I know a lot of useless things. Yeah. Uh, you got the address of Travolta's house? <laughs> I don't have the address, but we're going there uh, next. We're going there next. <laughs> yeah. we're gonna go. We're gonna go knock on doors. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta ask, <laughs> what's the Iron Sheik massacre? <laughs> but, uh, oh, this, this post. I love it. Did, did you not know it was there? <laughs> no, of course you didn't. Uh, I'll, let's see. Basically, um, hit it, Johnny. We all know the Iron Sheik, right? Oh, um, yes, Papa. Yes, Papa. <laughs> I met him a bunch of times. Uh, I met him one time, like uh, 2014. His nephew asked me to push him down the red carpet at the ESPYs. This is the first time I've been gone from WWE for a couple of years. Yeah. And um, you go through highs and lows, right, in wrestling. And I remember yes, kind of being bummed out at the time and then, like, pushing Sheik down this carpet in his wheelchair. And he was having the time of his life. And, like, <laughs> it, it kind of stuck with me because I was like, man, like, this dude's experienced higher highs and lower lows than me. Right. Like, one day, like, I want to, like, see if I can capture, like, that, that essence. Yes, so on our honeymoon, my wife and I wrote a horror comedy about a doll that becomes sentient and kills wrestlers. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sounds awesome. Oh, man, I can't top that, folks. Well, that's, uh, that's the short version. It really is. Yeah. Like, like, he's got a documentary and, like, really, like, how does anyone want to be honored with, like, a sappy thing? Right. Uh, like, the the Iron Sheik doll comes to life and just murders people. <laughs> well, I got I for one can say that I indulged the other day. I believe it was an Instagram post or something, but I messaged John because it was it was off the hook. Good. Was that the one <laughs> with the dancing uh, the dancing Sheik doll? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. hundred percent. Coincidentally. The guy that mocapped the dancing chic was dad, the YouTube boxer. 
Oh, he put the Vosquois suit on and came into my living room. And we had a really talented VFX guy who can capture motion and uh-huh. then wrap a skin around it, which uh, we had wow. to do for a few shots in this. But we we decided since we already mocapped the doll to right. like, at least get the most out of it. So we had. Oh my a, god! Yeah, so where did all this come from, John? Like, were you did you do mocap stuff for the video games and then like network? Um, that way, well, I, or is it just being in LA? I was a I was a film major at UC Davis. Oh, okay. Strangely right. enough, I went there because they were the only UC school with a wrestling team. So <laughs> okay. that's why I went there in the first place. And I was doing that, studying geology, and I just started realizing like I wanted to do something that was more fun. Yeah. I'd always been a professional wrestling fan, and the closest I could think of was I'm going to switch my major to movies and start making action movies. So I started spending like four or five, six hours a day in like the UC Davis rec hall where they have like capoeira, breakdancing, weights, gymnastics, just all kinds of stuff, kung fu. So I was doing that like all the time while I was taking classes. Then Tough Enough came up and I got that opportunity and I just got onto that WWE Express train. And, yeah. and Bobby, yeah, you know how that goes, right? Yeah. Like, you just, yeah. like For your sure. life flies by. And yeah. um, when I got off it, like, it was 10 years later, and I was like, you get hit with that, like, well, now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. You so are not kidding. My, uh, like, my first, like, like idea or passion, which was um, action movies. Oh, wow. Wow, that's interesting. Because, like, some of the content that you put – up on your Instagram and whatnot. And if, if anybody hasn't seen it, like go check it out. Uh, it's John Hennigan. Yep, John Hennigan on, on Instagram. Um, and uh, man, some of it, it, it just, it's, it's thoughtful stuff and it's really well done. So like the production is what's astounding to me. Cause you know, like I'm all for, you know, some idiots just getting together and putting stuff on, on film. You know what? Um, me too. And sometimes you're... that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's, sometimes that's there's a charm. Because sometimes... I'll tell you what, like if she's like sitting on the couch and watches me like edit some video on my phone for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> she is sick of it. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Well, there's a certain charm to that kind of stuff when it's campy. And then there's other times where it's just too campy. So, so you know, the editing, it, it I, listen, yeah. I appreciate it. No, I know exactly what you mean. Like, there's a, you know what I was messing around with the other day? Um, and I still am going to do this later, but AI wrestling promos. And I was disappointed because they were, like, too good to be hilarious, but they were, like, not great still, you know? I was okay. Like, I was kind of hoping it would like hit that like camp line, like, like yeah, it, but it was it was off. Like the oh, AI is okay. too good, but not good enough. Yeah, I, I think that's like the no man's land for a lot of things. It it definitely is. That's where dreams go to die. Yeah, like, <laughs> you want to be a technical wrestler, yeah. but you're yeah. not good enough to be a technical wrestler. <laughs> you better either get better or find something else. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's got to be one or the other. I don't, that's such an interesting thing, you know, because John, you know, I've known each other for years now, but um, 
it's interesting to hear how all of that stuff came together because before I got into pro wrestling, you know, we're talking similar time frames, like the tough enough stuff um, was a thing and it got a lot of attention. And that's how like somebody from my generation, you didn't know how really to get into wrestling. So completely. Yeah. I mean, I, what, what actually did it for me um, was seeing the dynamite kids autobiography and, and happening at the time to be on the road, working this marketing job and not knowing the people I was with. So I was like, I'm just, I'll read anything. Um, and I had always wondered what happened to dynamite. And this is before the internet. Um, so you did talking about his, his book, right? Yes. Uh, which, and that's when I that's tell people too. And it was like fantastic. Yes. And when I tell people that that's the book that made me uh, get into pro wrestling, it's, it's kind of ironic because it, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it doesn't end well. You'd think that that would deter you, but for, really for me, point. it was the fact that <laughs> I came up at, you know, grew up at a time when you didn't know how pro you get into pro wrestling. So between that book and the, tough enough being as big as it was, I knew like, oh, you go get trained and then you, you know, and I just knew that there was a, there was a route to do it. But at that time, that's tough enough. And that that's where I first saw uh, John Hennigan. The crazy <laughs> thing is enough. I went out for high school wrestling because I was a wrestling fan and me and my buddies would watch like uh, on, on the weekends and then we'd like wrestle in each other's front yards and backyards. Of course. And I literally wanted to be able to beat the crap out of my friends. And, <laughs> and uh, I did. After like one year of like high school wrestling, no one wanted to wrestle me anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're fucking jacked, dude. And you. I, was, I, I started at 103, though. I was Really? I was like, well, that was my next question was, yeah. are you um, one of those guys that was uh, always a bit ripped uh, kind of always just had a natural like muscularity or I would, I would say I was like beyond ripped, like to the point where I was like skin skinny. and bone. Like yeah. I was like freshman year, like I wrestled 103 pounds. And That's crazy. Wow. And by senior year of high school, I was up to 152, but uh, now I'm like 210. And yeah. I feel like it, that's taken, I didn't want to say how many years, but a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I've mean, always been a hard, like a hard gainer, and uh, now it's easier to gain weight. And I wish I could go back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Grass is always greener. I think it's just embedded in our DNA. It's human nature that what you don't have, even if you had it before, you want it. You think you want it back. You don't actually want it back. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's this metabolism. Um, mind fucks that i think god that. decided to, to play yeah us. it completely yeah it's like so you could say that about any wrestling promotion yeah. like i want to work for this place then you get there and you have no creative autonomy i hate yeah. this place. then you yeah. leave and like, i want a paycheck again <laughs> yeah isn't that there's the push pull man there's yep. the push pull you want your creativity and then you get it and it, the paycheck disappears 
in order to get it. And then you at first it's, yeah, I just want, you know, creatively, I feel so fulfilled. And then that paycheck. Starts to, yeah. You know, you're like, hmm, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't sound too, it place wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, you know, if they called, I'd consider it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. You know, it's that guy, that damn guy, Bill, that I got to keep paying. You know, he's the one. Yeah. He's the blame. He's yeah. the blame. You should meet a guy named Charge. But uh, <laughs> Bill uh, Bill eventually catches up the Charge. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of which, speaking of which. Do you guys realize this is probably the only time in wrestling history we have two guys on the show who are undefeated in boxing? Correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Frank and I don't like to brag about our professional boxing records, though. But you know, <laughs> I like I like saying undefeated. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with being undefeated. Hey, listen, kidding? I I couldn't have. You know, that was a, a incredible experience going to Dubai and all that. But I, I'd be lying if I said you know winning didn't make it like just a little bit better. I. I, I wish you had like another couple rounds because it looked like you were going to knock the guy out anyway. Yeah. I was get, I was starting to feel really good. And, and all I wanted yeah. to do, John, and you could probably relate to this was like, I just wanted to implement the stuff that my coach and I worked on. Cause you work so hard. And for me, it was like getting rid of some of the habitual behavior that I would have had from Muay Thai because it was boxing. And, um, I just I wanted to I wanted to display that stuff. You work so goddamn hard on getting those things to be you muscle saw, memory. You saw my fight. Like we've trained yeah. all this technique and then like ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you looked like Rock'em Sock'em Robot. But a lot of stuff no. went out the window. It had like all this strategy, like and I know exactly what you mean. Um <laughs> stunt like choreography like stunt training they train one of two ways if you're the hero basically they train you like hands down chin up to like <laughs> they can see your face right and if you're utility, like this so you blend in yeah wrestling is also like your head up <laughs> and right. you're supposed to it's tell your money maker baby <laughs> yeah like you want people to know that you're going to throw a punch so you telegraph it yeah. all those reflexes are just the opposite mm. <laughs> not good yeah <laughs> not good they will get you knocked out quick hands down chin <laughs> up and telegraphing uh -uh. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you don't want the you don't you don't want the money shot <laughs> yeah yeah so john what was uh how did that come about how did the how did the fight come about like i know how mine um, came about but so i want to know about your friends with uh with dad uh, nathan burnett's his, his uh, shoot name um okay. for a long time we've done some comedy sketches together and um he's he's a big wrestling fan okay. he asked me to be in his corner for creator clash one and i agreed so okay. he had a good fight he knocked this guy out really quickly and i jumped in the ring and i high-fived everyone and then um went out and met everybody and went to the after party and then i got a call from idubs who said they were looking for someone to fight harley and he said, he said that and or would I be willing to fight Matt Cardona? <laughs> you would dog Cardona. 
I actually mentioned it to, to Broski, and he's like, bro, no, I'm not going to fight anybody. I'm definitely not going to fight you. Uh, you know, originally I said no because like I only know like two people on this card. I know Nathan and I know Harley because we go back. He's a wrestling fan too, and mm -hmm. uh, for some reason I just wanted to fight someone that I didn't know. And yeah. then um, the I Dubs Ian uh, texted me back and said that Harley just said he would fight you. And then when <laughs> I heard that I was like, well, all right. Then fine, <laughs> let's do it. You want to fight? It's fine. <laughs> uh, Harley told me later that he might not have texted exactly that. We got <laughs> against each other. You got bamboozled. Cool promoter style. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of how the whole thing uh, came together. That's then, some carny shit right there. I asked uh, Josh Barnett to train me because. Yeah. Um, him and I just go way back. Like I've trained MMA with him. He was in uh, he was in Boone the Bounty Hunter, like the first movie that I funded. <laughs> he had a little he had a little fight scene, nice. and um, I just figured that he, if anything, would know how to win. Yeah, and, um, and he does. That's Barnett. Yeah, like yeah. he knows strategy. He knew, he knows how hard you have to train. Like he just he knows yeah. how to win fights, and right. he knows me, which was the two things that I think were the deciding factors and who I wanted to have coach me. I think that's huge. I, I think, you know, I, for, for my fight, because it was boxing at first, I thought like, Oh, I need to get a boxing trainer. I, I settled. I didn't even think about it very long. Um, my Muay Thai coach, cause he's the one who knows me. Like I'd rather look to the corner, know the fucking guy. Um, um, that's over there than for it to be some guy that I met nine weeks ago, you know? Um, yeah. That, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not at a level that like a, a, a box, a boxing coach is required, you know, cause he's gonna, he's gonna take me to that next, you know, like I'm not there. I'm, I'm, I'm proficient, but like, I yeah. think a Muay Thai coach and one that like I already trust can definitely show me enough, um, like, or not even show me enough. Like you we just can, need sound fundamentals. Yeah. When you get tired, you got to keep your fundamentals. Right. And you, really, that's what it comes. Not down fighting to. Terrence Crawford. Yeah. Or uh, Salt Poppy. <laughs> Actually, you could both probably knock out that guy, huh? I don't know. I, I, I don't so. know. I've been trying to get another fight. <laughs> I just Who's like competing. Fight? I just like competing. Who did I fight? Well, who would you want? Who would you want to fight? Oh, uh, I don't. I don't really care. I don't care. I honestly don't care. No, we I gotta love, do. I like. I realized, and you could probably relate to this a little bit, John. Um, you know, pro wrestling. At least in the beginning, I used to get a similar feeling um, that I did when I uh, competed in sports, whether it was kickboxing or football or whatever. Um, but as I've done it longer, I just think that like in pro wrestling, you are, you become skilled at spinning plates. You spin 10 plates at a time and then you add two more and then something, the top rope breaks and you've added another plate to spin. Um, and that it just, it divides your uh, focus. And what I realized like fighting in Dubai and it's, is that like, I kind of miss that single-minded purpose of 
I'm going to try to hurt you. You're going to try to hurt me. We're going to see what happens. Um, I, I know exactly what you mean. There's yeah. no politics. There's no um, you said it. changing of stipulations or times yep. Or, yep. or anything. It's just you versus someone else. Yep. And like you're in complete control. Yes. And, and I completely agree. I find myself with wrestling always trying to walk this line where like if you stop caring, then it's time to quit. Yes. It's obvious. But if you work for a place and like I'm usually guilty of this, you care too much, you kind of drive yourself nuts. Like you come yes. in with ideas, you make up new moves, you pitch all this stuff, but none of it ever happens. So like you end up with like what I've got <laughs> folders and ideas and stuff on my laptop, mm -hmm. like years of like stories that like mm -hmm. will never happen. No one cares. They're just yep. kind of like stuff that I thought would be cool one week, but then the situation changed yep. and then that time was just wasted. And it, it quietly beats the motivation out of you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and know? like literally like I found myself trying to like rage against that. Yeah. But then like, it it also drives you nuts like like the harder you fight that you're like no this this week will be different yeah it's not different right right <laughs> so i think what what i've found over the years is like be where your feet are try to be present and enjoy the the cool things you get to do as a result of of this stuff like that was when the the boxing uh, option came um I remember saying to them, like, well, how do they know me? And the guy, uh, Andy Shepard, was telling me, like, oh, well, yeah, they love your fighting style. They, they love the way you fight. And I'm like, hmm. Because, like, I mean, I've had amateur kickboxing fights and stuff. But, they, you know, I had three of those. There's no way that they saw those. Those are a decade right. ago. What? And I said to him, I go, okay, so they're in Dubai. They know pro wrestling is what it is right like i didn't even know i'm like where do they know yeah. me from yeah they have um, to know that yeah uh, and i i think they did um but again like uh you i mean i'm not here to judge equally it, but... possible they could have been wrestling fans that just wanted you on the card <laughs> and like if that's the case who cares exactly exactly and I mean, that's, that's I... the only reason i got the fight was because i was a pro wrestler right Right, it so let's chalk it up to another one of those like things in my life that I got an opportunity to do because I was capable of pretending to fight another person in my underwear and got good enough at it that somebody wanted to pay me to do it uh, enough real. to make like a, a wrestling, and, a toy of me. And, and you know, and you got to do it for real and not in your underwear. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I got to wear full shorts. <laughs> I'm a short shorts guy though. Anyway, I'm not, I had I my legs. These things are white and never shaven. Oh, really? Not oh mine. yeah. Not mine. I always, I always say uh, by the time I take my pants off, it's too late. <laughs> I lead with the quads. Yeah. I'm all quads. <laughs> Little known fact. Every episode of the podcast, kissing, Bobby does in his underwear. <laughs> It's weird. I have no pants on right now. See? I'm doing a Winnie the Pooh. Sure, no, is on. Pants. No pants. Absolutely none. 
which is why the camera's <laughs> positioned the way it is. That's yeah, crazy. but we'll drop it down there before this ends. Great. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Good news. Uh, so yeah. PSI versus this guy Fournier is this weekend. Okay. So I'll so dive into that. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm not thinking this influencer boxing stuff because I'm like roped into the creator clash deal. KSI, okay. uh, you guys know who that is, right? Yeah, I think so. He's a rapper, right? He's a YouTuber, rapper, influencer. Okay. He fought Logan Paul. He's like 6-0 and oh in boxing. Is he related to Deji? He's the guy Deji's that brother. fought Mayweather? Okay. Yes. Okay, so this is all making sense to me now. Okay. He was um, the guy inside the prime bottle at Mania, correct? Or was that yeah, someone that's, else? so that's why... Um, on the thing that you posted. <laughs> Who posted that? <laughs> Who posted that? Originally, like... Um, I'm not so in control of my own Paul social media. are promoting that Prime Energy drink together. Yeah. And that was like a Photoshop someone made of Logan Paul. Uh-huh. Logan Paul posted it. And then KSI kind of passively, aggressively liked it. Like you could tell it bothered him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So... Um, but <laughs> so he's fighting a guy named something Fournier who's eight and zero um, this weekend on the thirteenth. Also on that card is Salt Poppy versus Anthony Taylor. Okay. Um, both of those are fights cool. are like the two fights that we should watch and fight the winners of. Okay, Ooh. okay. These yeah. guys are fighters or influencers or what are these? Um... KSI is an influencer, um, right? He's like he's basically like the equivalent equivalent of like Logan Paul, except in the UK. Like twenty okay, million okay. subscribers on YouTube, rapper, yeah. or just whatever. Like that's the way Deji was presented yeah. to me when I got the offer to fight on the and, undercard. And Deji's like his. It's the same. Like Deji's his little brother, right? And well, and, the same following, and yeah. They, pick their fights kind of they get to fight whoever they want okay because people yeah. were freaking out at the thing in dubai over deji and and i i mean no disrespect whatsoever it's just it's not my lane you know like I, so i i just i don't know if we um, were having this conversation a year ago i would not know any <laughs> right. okay okay i don't feel so bad i don't feel yeah. so bad all um, right so the guy KS- who's fighting is uh i don't know enough about him to say 100% this is all true. But the guy that he's fighting, I think is a billionaire who's 8-0 and and has selected like tomato cans pretty much to build up that 8-0 record. Okay. And uh, KSI is kind of the favorite. Um, Salt Poppy versus Anthony Taylor is an interesting one because Salt Poppy is a TikToker from the Philippines that looks like crap <laughs> like uh he does not look like he's in shape does not look like he, he can box okay. and um he's had like four or five fights now and it has become clear that the dude's probably been boxing for like 15 years because he just knocks everyone out and mocks everybody his footwork is spot on his he's very talented wow but he's the underdog because like he just doesn't look like he's ever met that guy named Jim. <laughs> he um, looks that mad. Well, he's getting I in mean, better shape. And then the guy almost... is... oh, go ahead. 
I mean, he'd probably gain a lot. Like, if he looks like shit but fights well, I mean, there's a market for that. Like, I think that you got a lot of fans oh, that he, look like, like shit and no, identify is like, with. Like Kevin Owens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. He, uh, That's him. He's fun to watch yeah. because every time he comes out, like, no matter what, you're like, ah. Can you take this guy? Like the guy yeah. that he's fighting looks like he's eight percent body fat, and yeah, the last guy he fought was like a fitness uh, YouTuber or something. Okay, and he just kind of danced around and like made funny faces, and yeah. then the second round just like caught him with like a straight right and dropped oh, him. Oh, so cool! He just handed him his ass completely. Like nice. it's like you didn't even break a sweat. Nice. Yeah, he um, definitely doesn't look like a boxer. He so kinda what kind of. Oh, go ahead, Dennis. He, he looks – think about, like, an older George Foreman who didn't really look like a boxer but still could box. Okay. That's no, what that guy looks like, except no, he's, you know, shorter. I mean, a much, <laughs> much older George Foreman. Yeah. Much yeah. older. I don't know. Like, no, wait, he wait, just wait. looks older? He's he's salt not, poppy. He doesn't look like he's in no, shape. No, 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 no. There's no George Foreman salt poppy <laughs> <laughs> metaphor <laughs> happening here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what weight class are we talking? These are two separate fights. What weight class um, are we talking here? That's the thing. I'm not sure, but Misfit, what do we think they are? So Misfits, they're both cruiserweights, and in that promotion in the UK, cruiserweight is 175 to 200. Okay, I KSI make- fights around 180 now, and Salt Poppy about the same. Okay, I can make all of these weights. I would have a hard time. Yeah, well, you're bigger than me. So we got to book this. We got to figure a <laughs> way to book this. We got to book this. We got to get some pen to paper, yeah. get the sign sealed and delivered. Frank? The only, the only undefeated pro wrestlers in the boxing arena. You know, let's just call it what it is. Do you, do you, you, two, have, you two are taking out all comers. Do you know what they have now in Misfits? Um, have you seen that they have like tag team boxing? I was just gonna oh, shit, suggest really? this. I yeah. was just gonna suggest. Right? <laughs> we talked about yeah. this. Really? I didn't. I didn't watch it. I don't even know what it is. But yeah, how does that work? Yeah, I think I would do it. <laughs> of course, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think again, it's another one of those things that you know you're not gonna. You're not gonna. It's so weird. What? Yeah, it does. It just, I can't, I can't picture it. I really can't picture it. The fight that they're having this weekend is in a Wembley, by the way. Wow. And like like the amount of people that watch these things is astonishing. That's the real crazy part of this whole thing. Like the amount of money involved and people that are interested is uh, why it's a thing. Your fight, I, I remember watching your fight and being blown away by the attendance level of that thing going, holy shit, they, like people almost, came out for that. And um, we also were running head-to-head with Taylor Swift. Oh. So Taylor Swift <laughs> was doing oh, oh. three days at Raymond James. Really? Who was she fighting? <laughs> Dennis. Yeah. Me. <laughs> she knocked out Kanye again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I think they were planning on a much bigger walk-up. And uh, really? if it wasn't for that, maybe there would have been. But it was still right. like, like 15,000 seats out of like the 20,000 capacity. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. It looked 
it looked packed. More it full than well it is for Raw and SmackDown. Hey oh <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like these people, and it, it's not my space, it's not my lane. I don't I don't understand all of it. Um, you know, but uh the influencer space, it's it's got it's built in market. And that's the thing that like, dare I say with, with MMA, you know, even, even with guys that are fighting in the UFC, if they don't, you know, promote the fight well, or they don't get across a certain thing, it, it's just the, you know, the walk-up isn't there, you know, Completely. and they're not a pay-per-view. Connor is the good example of that, right? I mean, right. Connor is like a good fighter, maybe a great fighter. The best right. fighter? No. Right. Best right. Paid fighter? <laughs> Probably. Right. Like right. the influencer thing is I think smart because everybody on the card has their like salt poppy three million or so followers on TikTok. Yeah. Fitness YouTuber he followed had like a couple million. Yeah. So everybody has like a couple million fans from somewhere. Yeah. And it creates like this thing where like I'm a fan of this guy. I'm going to see him fight and it draws from like a bunch of different ponds and then it creates a big event. And really you're only being a hater if you're mad at it. Like if you watch it and are like, Oh, well they're not real boxers. Like, yeah, they're not. But if people are willing to pay to see them fight, who whose place is it to say well that that shouldn't be whether it be I, boxing kickboxing mma pro wrestling i don't even like uh was it logan paul um i watching him wrestle the first couple times i was immediately taken back and now i watched highlights so i was right. like okay well you know how accurate is this but what i did notice right away was just the man's coordinated and he's, he's fairly he's athletic. athletic. Yep. You're right. Which is more than I can say for a lot of people that have made a lot of money in pro wrestling. You know what uh, Kevin Nash quote, I always liked and kind of applies to this. <laughs> Someone asked him like, who's the greatest wrestler of, Hulk, of all time. He right away goes like Hulk Hogan. He made the most money. Yeah. I, he, sometimes it's hard to argue with that. And if Logan yeah. Paul is a draw, or the bad bunny is a draw yeah. like it's world wrestling entertainment yep. like the question is not who's the best in-ring tech technician or high flyer or mm -hmm. you know what i mean those have yeah. different connotations but yeah i know what you mean and he is very athletic i think yeah. if he wanted to like learn the art of pro wrestling and like spent years applying himself yeah he'd be fantastic yeah i agree i think so too and the, and that I, I think the people that come out against it, like I said, they're just <clears throat> people love to hate. I mean, it's really it's what's so gross about the internet and Twitter and yeah. like, people just need this. Like they they just they hate their lives and they got to be heard. You know, like to see some of the things that people say, and it's like nobody fucking asked you. Yeah, and like it's, it's nice and safe to just send a tweet, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you were at a Starbucks with Logan Paul, you wouldn't get into his face and say, Right, 
Yeah, it's the world we live in. It's the world we live in. Are you still well, training boxing? Am I what? Still training boxing? Um, I still train. Um, but I the so the company that did that one that was we had a two fight deal. Um, I don't think they're gonna run another event. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they might have lost their ass on that one. Yeah. So uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather's uh, at a, a pretty high price tag, and um, I don't know. Uh, so I I would f- love to fight again. Um, I'd like to fight kickboxing if I had my choice. Um, fight Andrew Tate. What's that? Fight Andrew Tate. <laughs> yeah, let's Andrew that Tate. Too. Well, he's yeah. a kickboxer, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, he's a legit kickboxer. Actually, he's, he's a pretty like, good record, I think. Yeah, he's he's a legit kickboxer. Yeah, and, yeah, I forget like what his record is, but he's had like 30, 40 fights or something. He's had a lot of fights. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a pretty legit kickboxer. Have I a mean, warm-up I, fight and then fight Andrew Tate. <laughs> have a what? Have a warm-up, warm-up fight <laughs> and then and then fight Andrew Tate. I mean, I'll anybody. Honestly, I mean, maybe I'm just an idiot, but I will literally, I will, I will, I will fight anybody. I, I didn't do any of the fights that I've done because I was like, oh, well, I, I'll win. I'll go out there and I'll look good. Like, I wanted to compete because it's an itch that, like, pro wrestling no longer no. scratches for me. And, so. like, you don't get it. Like, uh, yeah, same. And, like, it was big for me in high school and college wrestling. And then when pro wrestling starts, like, you're still competing, but in a different way, you know, yeah. like how hard can you train? How hard can you push yourself? How, like, how much can you learn? How, like, right. how well can you entertain the people? But right. then eventually, like we mentioned earlier, like that kind of becomes like sideswiped by like right. politics and ideas and everyone's got their guy and an yes. agenda. And um, it starts to feel like I'm not competing really in a fair environment. So right. it starts to feel a little bit gross. Yeah. And like, I'm, I, so the analogy that was presented to me when I was with WWE, which resonated with me, made sense. And I wasn't even mad at it, but it was like, you're, um, getting a, you have a part in this movie and you get to play this, this, you know, good role and whatever. But like, you don't get to say, like, oh, well, no, wait, no, Tom Cruise isn't the lead. I'm the lead. Like, so you find your lane and then you be the best that that you can be, which is what I did with the Undisputed Era. Um, right. And it was, you know, like I coming up, uh, especially in Ring of Honor and, and New Japan, like I ran my mouth constantly. But the place that people I guess the most exposure I had was with the Undisputed Era and my place wasn't to talk there. So then, you know, this, I don't know if it's a new crop of fans or whatever, but like now, like I can't cut a promo or I can't talk. And it's like, no, I yeah. just <laughs> chose not to because I, I was talking. Like I played uh, my my part. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And then what? Perception is reality. And just because yes. like only 1% of the fans of wrestling saw the other parts of your career, right? <laughs> All the people at conventions and see you on the street, you're like, you can't cut a promo. You should have let me talk. <laughs> Thanks for the unsolicited yeah. advice, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jack off. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. And the best part, you know, just these guys, it's like, okay, and you've, you've done what? Like you're, you're like most of these people, you're not even the best employee at Target, you know? There's, like, there's literally like, I don't say this, but sometimes like, no matter what, like they should have made you champ or I can't believe like, what do you need to do to, to get like the belt? And I sometimes feel like saying like, where do you work? What do you need to do to own Target? <laughs> What do you right. need to do to be the, the manager of Best Buy? What do you need right. to do to own Microsoft? Right. Answer. Right. <laughs> if there was an easy answer, if it was possible, I'm yeah. sure we would all do it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's opportunities that you can take advantage of sometimes, but sometimes there's nothing you can really do. Yeah. Uh, totally. Totally. There's things that are out of your, your control. I, I think that that's part of too, like what you were getting into with pro wrestling when you've done it for a little while. Um, and some of the, the newness wears off and, and you get your bearings and you, um, you know, you see that the politics and you see some of the stuff that's disappointing backstage. And it's like, you just stop trying to fight city hall. Yeah, and um, and there's a there's a buddy of mine that like uh, ended up getting hired as a writer, and uh, he kept pointing out to me like all the things that were wrong with the storytelling and how WWE was run, and I told him for a couple months that everyone is aware that like all the other writers know this, and Vince and the whole office they know this. I promise you, if you say all these things. <laughs> You're gonna last less than a month. <laughs> Guess how long he lasted? Week and a half. Nah, three weeks. <laughs> he moved. He moved to Connecticut, and uh, yeah. <laughs> he's a smart guy and a good writer. He had sure. movies and TV. It's yeah. just like what we're talking about. Like we see the problems, and then you have the choice. Like, yeah, you can't just speak up because that doesn't solve or fix or change anything. They just fire you. So then you yeah. the system, but then for how long? Because it's yeah. so much changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, you think about it, and it's just it's it's the frustration. Uh, but at the same time, I, I'm just grateful and appreciative to what it's given the life that it's given me. You know, um, and I'm just I, I'm I'm keeping an eye out for like what's next. And I don't know what the fuck is hundred percent. It should be something cool. Forget that. I mean, we both got to like box in like yeah. an arena with people watching. Um, yeah. We got to fly to Atlanta and have the iron Sheik do the voice of this doll <laughs> in DDP's yoga studio. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh my God. That's that's awesome. That, uh, we're yeah. all kind of brothers in this world of professional wrestling and they're, yeah. you know, yeah. And um, those are the opportunities that, like, we get, like, uh, yeah. that you're right when you said, like, you have to enjoy the journey and take advantage yeah. of those, because yeah. those are the good ones. They're not all good, but there's plenty of them that are. Right. There are plenty of them that are. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll say even, like, you have the opportunity to 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 box on this thing, and, like, you, you're within your network is fucking josh barnett i mean the war master um, like you get to go well, oh, yeah i'll just call the war master to come train me when I, we walked into the uh like basically like any time we went to any of the boxing things yeah. like 
there'd be a lot of people that would come up to me and be like, oh my God, John Morrison, I'm such a huge fan. Yeah. All the other boxing trainers all went straight to Josh. <laughs> of course. Josh, of course. I gotta watch you beat Randy, Randy Couture. I saw I was there live in 2008. Can I take a picture? Yeah. He was, I forget sometimes. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's the war master and he's a legend. In he's an OG, man. He's, yeah. he's w- before, he's one of the, the like pillars, um, you know, before MMA was MMA, like at least in this country, it was yep. a thing in Japan and, and other parts of the world, but those guys had to search it out, you know, guys like him and Boss Rutan, um, you know, guys that fought in like Pancrase and some of these, uh, you know, Japan has, has tried yeah. so many times to get that like battle arts kind of promotion over like and josh kind of does it with with blood sport now yeah um but like that hybrid of the two um and it, it you know works to his varying degrees the closest um uh, it's come especially in america to that hybrid 100 100 percent. now that WWE merged with ufc do you foresee anything like that coming about? Fighters becoming wrestlers and crossover or just a big cluster? I don't I I, I don't know. I, it, I don't think so. I don't think I can see it. I think that that was always one of the things I noticed in Japan. The fans in Japan were willing to kind of get in line and appreciate for what it is either one but it's the same thing even now like i think pro wrestling fans in the states have become so programmed to they want to know like the dirt the dirt means more than the gimmick that's being presented to them that you're supposed to appreciate the gimmick that we appreciated as kids you know when we bought hook line and sinker um it's crazy but yeah, you're it's right. like an it's incestual business into this weird, like, gossipy thing. Yes. Like, do they like each other or do they hate each other in real life? How are they going to work together? Right. Like, those angles sell right more than like you got the big boss man versus the Mountie. Yeah, when yeah. as kids, I was like stoked for that. And yeah, of course, you would be like, but are they friends? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's, it's, uh. It's, and I would imagine the guys that we grew up watching could never have imagined the business turning into what it is today. And I'm not saying it negatively necessarily. I, this is a very neutral comment. Um, they, but I, I just agree. don't think they could have foreseen where it is now and, and the way that, you know, I mean, the, the appetite for the dirt is is literally insatiable. Unfortunately, it's also one of the things that I like the least. <laughs> um, All right. Which is not good for like a modern day pro wrestler to not, you know what I mean? Like be like secretly holding grudges and talking shit and starting yeah. things and like asking who doesn't like who, like like it's it. it's so weird to me to think that like is that what it takes to like get ahead? <laughs> I I agree, I man. I agree. And you've spent enough time in this business to know, just as I have. And it's like 
when you see that recycled a few different times, you're like, yeah, I mean, apparently that's the conclusion you, you know, you, you come to, which kind of sucks. Cause like, I don't, I can, I will always be professional and can be professional with anyone. I don't need to like you to work with you. However, I do need to know that if, if I'm going to actually respect you, that when I'm in a room with you, the things that you are going to say about me when I leave are the same things that you would be willing to say right now. And that's rarely the case a, in our yeah. industry. It's a very good way of putting it. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. Ugh. That's, I think, the thing that, that irks me the most. Because, like, especially at this point, like, I'm a father. I've got daughters. Like, I'm not looking to fight anybody. But at the no, end of the like, day. We're, we're all here to do the best job we can. Yeah. And, um, like, a lot of, like, uh, like one move that a lot of the, the WWE office guys use is um, they've got a finish or a change that they don't think you're going to like. Um, we don't know what's happening. No one knows what's happening until like five minutes before. Think you finish. Uh, like you're, you got two minutes, and you're you're not winning, or something weird's happening. Right. Just wait till the very last minute to tell right. you. Right. Instead of just like ripping off the bandaid earlier, which would actually be way better because way better. Same. Like you're gonna be pissed either way. Yeah. But I'm professional too. I'm gonna do like what's best for the company and if yeah. that's what the company decides sure yeah but instead of waiting to the last minute and freaking everyone out yeah. just like you don't give like the movie script to the movie star like right before the scene <laughs> no you know? no it's chicken shit i think so that's what it is it's like it's the chicken shit in the business is what oh. i think irks me because that's not you know the man that raised me you know, he, he spoke his piece. He stood up for himself. He also was, um, you know, uh, he, he could eat shit with a smile when he had to, because that's just life. But at the same time, um, he raised me to speak up when I need to. And like, I can't dishonor the memory of the man because I'm in this pro wrestling business. And like, I gotta, like, at the end of the day, like I'm a man. And so are you. And like, don't question, don't put me in a position where I got to question my, my own ability to look the man in the mirror when I get home. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm not going to back down on that. And the, the sad thing is with that, like belief system. And I've, I agree with that's the way how like a man or woman or anyone should act. Like, right. If you have something on your mind, say it to the person don't yeah. be mean. Don't get emotional. Just have communicate. Don't wait for somebody to leave. Right. right. Behind their back. Just be right. open and frank. Then yep. if you say something someone doesn't like, they have the opportunity to respond. Yeah. And Agreed. you can have a talk it out. But the sad yeah. thing is, um, I think that if you act that way, you either get promoted or fired fired or promoted and then fired right i think you <laughs> ruffle you scare people yeah you scare people in this industry i think when you are like that when you operate in that way where like you don't talk out of both sides of your mouth um you i i think you become threatening to to the people that do and then you know you find yourself oftentimes on the outside looking in 
Someone just explained yeah. to me one time, like the way to really like get the best spot or what you need to do to get over to win a championship is someone in the organization in a position of power, this goes for wrestling or any job really, has to want you to be their guy. And if you don't have that, if there's that higher up that doesn't say like, Bobby Fish needs to win the championship. He needs to do it. Right. Then behind closed doors, there's always that meeting and everyone's pushing their guy and no one's pushing you. Yep. That's the truth. What else can we complain about? Man, this took a time. <laughs> we did, did. This did turn into a little bit of a yeah, nice. session. So <laughs> let's who's, get out of that. Who can we talk about? <laughs> yeah, who can we badmouth? Somebody's got to get it. Somebody. All right, well, let me let's get go it. to positive. Let's go to positive real quick. How did okay. Jim Duggan? How did he come about escorting you to your boxing match? Oh, Jim Duggan was my first call when they they uh, asked me if I knew any wrestlers that you know, I thought would want to come out to the ring. Um, I want to say I met Jim at, at a RAW like 16 years ago, and um, I've seen him dozens of times, like with WWE at conventions, working indie shows, and like we always got along. Um, I know his wife really well too. I know uh, he just um, has had some health issues that he's getting over, and I really wanted to see him. So, uh, and like more than just at a, like a signing, because you don't talk to people at signings, you just kind of do a quick wave. So I called him and asked him if he'd be willing to like walk me out to the ring, and um, he was really excited. He said, uh, "Yeah," and um, I picked him up at the airport with his wife, hung out with him, and talked to him. He's one of my favorite guys in the biz. I love that guy. That's awesome. Nice. That is. A local guy? He is. He's actually yeah. from the area that the three of us are actually, we all mm. grew up in. Did you guys hear the uh, the story about him with like the 38? Uh, where uh, there's a home invader? <laughs> you had to have heard Oh, this. yes, yes, yes. Mm. Uh, oh, yes, Someone yes. like, he lives kind of out in the woods. And um, he yeah, said he was Lawrence watching Falls. TV. And uh, he heard someone like pounding on the back door. And so he like looked around and he just kind of like got his gun. And then somebody kicked in through the front door glass and fell down. And he said he just happened to be on the couch, like holding his 38 at the guy's face. Oh, <laughs> and uh. said, don't make me shoot you, fella. <laughs> I can call the cops and you better not move. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which I love. Uh, a 38 is like the same gun that a dirty Harry used. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Long barrel. Yeah. It's perfect that the guy crashed and like fell on the ground right in front of him. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and he so, like, the, the police showed up, they arrested the guy, like that, and that's it. So it was, I think best for everybody. Wow. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I would think so. So will Hacksaw be uh, be walking you out for the next one? I hope so. Yeah. I got to figure out when, this, when and where this next one is. Yeah. How? It, so um, let's go back to that. So KSI is uh, – in you I'll guys fight. would be able to fight same weight class? Can you, can you get there? I don't know. I don't know if I can drop all the way to 180. 
I could okay. get to 190. Okay. I've, I've naturally fluctuate between 210 and 215. Yeah. Um, I could easily cut to two. I could cut to 190 if I had to. Uh -huh. To 180 though, like I don't know. I, mean, I did I know 185. Um, I think I could probably pull off 175, but I'm quite a bit shorter than you. Um. So who, who in that camp would you fight if not KSI? Because he's the one from the picture, right? KSI is in the picture, and okay. he owns the Misfits Boxing promotion. Okay, he's like the Mayweather of that place. Okay, and um, he's also the champion. Um, okay. Salt Poppy, the other guy I was bringing up, is like a contender mm -hmm. that I don't think KSI wants to fight because okay. he's nervous about losing. Yeah. And I think KSI versus Jake Paul is a big money fight, but neither one of them can lose until they fight. <laughs> is Jake Paul going to get down to 180 to fight? I doubt it. You know, right. KSI and Logan Paul fought at 200. Right. Okay, so uh, Logan Paul and Jake Paul, which one was at WrestleMania? Logan Paul's the wrestler. Jake Paul is his little brother, right. who's a much better boxer. Okay. And so Jake Paul is the lighter of the two? You know, I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Okay. So Logan Paul looks a bit taller to me. He's uh, taller and a little lanky. Yeah. And, um, very pale. Yeah. And Jake <laughs> is um, just like... They look the same way. Jake's just a little stockier. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I so I I just I wasn't I wasn't sure, but I didn't think Logan Paul. I don't know. It would shock me if he could fight at one eighty. He seems to be a bit too. No, no. Uh, that's what I mean. Like, like him and KSI fought at two hundred. Yeah. But and KSI has so, cut a lot since then. Okay. So KSI. Why couldn't he fight you then at 200? He could. He just won't. He's ducking you. I, I don't know. He could okay. if he wanted to, if he wanted to get his ass kicked. Yeah. He's ducking him. All right. I, uh, I think KSI can do whatever he wants. I think. Right. I mean, he owns the promotion. He's the Mayweather of the thing. He yeah. makes matches. Like, um, he's yeah. fighting a billionaire. He's the Vince McMahon. At Wembley on Saturday. Okay. And I think he probably handpicked the guy because he's right. got an 8-0 record, but he's fought tomato cans. Right. So that's like the, the weird like influencer boxing thing. Like, yeah. Who do you decide who to fight? There's it's yeah. not like there's a like a boxing commission with rankings and things. Yeah. It's like a popularity slash matchup situation. Okay. So well, I, no that I, I I would sign up to fight him. Dressed as a tomato can. <laughs> I'll come out. I would be dressed as a French fry in your corner. <laughs> I somebody booked this. Uh, um, I just talked to Harley earlier. He said he's actually going to the, the fight. I think at Wembley. In to, Wembley. To yeah. Watch the whole deal. Huh. Um, man, it's nuts that it's at Wembley. But the that question of like who to fight is like a good one and it's hard to yeah train 
until you have like a date and or an opponent in mind. Everything changes once you have a date. Everything yeah. literally like just your mind just changes. Um, it just does. It just does. But right now I'm back to doing a lot more stunts, parkour yeah. and uh, movement stuff, yeah. which is probably for the best because the boxing like it's such a different type of movement that I definitely lost a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Which I've gotten back. And then if I fight again, I'll like I'll <laughs> lose it all over again. Yeah, but it's just because there's only so much time in the day. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, like, and I, I think once you have a date, at least for me, um, I've felt like, okay, well, everything I do that isn't geared towards winning that fight is wasted time. Yes. You know, it's like you're under the pressures now there um, of just like, yeah, be, the last thing you want to do is not be prepared. And so that means to prepare for the fight. Like I wasn't going to the parkour gyms and hitting like right clips because like I didn't want to roll my ankle or hurt my back and then be sore for a week or two because that means you'd have two weeks of crappy training yep. and that's set you back. Yeah. But yeah, that's just, Oh, very good question. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I gotta say too, though, John, I do. I respect the um, the versatile training and stuff that you do, and I know that some of it just comes from like those are your interests, and and I can I can relate to um, you know I always wanted to do gymnastics as a kid and uh, never had the ability to, and I, I did martial arts, but as an adult. Uh, when this is when I still lived in New York, I found a, a gym, uh, a gymnast coach. And uh, there was this adult gymnastics class once a week at, uh, at the Y where I lived. And uh, I was there was I think when the class started, it was like me and there were, might have been five people. And by the end of it, it was just me and the coach. <laughs> but I loved it. I man, it was so much fun just to like my claim to fame was was pulling off a, a round off uh back handspring back tuck. You know, to be able to do that as an adult, that's that's an impressive skill. You'd have thought I won the Super Bowl. That <laughs> <laughs> was it, you know. But I, I appreciate the just how versatile you are, man. Yeah. You are such a coordinated athlete. It's the, the coordination fun- that you have is is insane the fun thing for me is trying to integrate professional wrestling and fight choreo and parkour into hypothetical fight scenes Mm -hmm. so all these skills are pieces they all need entries and exits Mm -hmm. and for pro wrestling it's a slower pace but for a movie like you can you can cut but everything needs to be paced a lot quicker and i think because i'm interested in that it motivates me to work on these like skills that seem very strange. <laughs> well, I, I think what happens is just for all of us, we develop this really odd skill set that yep. within pro wrestling, great. Outside of pro wrestling, not really sure where this is useful. <laughs> yeah. And by the but, way, if you figure that out, let me know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could, uh, you know, it'll at least help um, help my resume. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, about KSI and Salt Poppy. Good, good. Logan Paul. You know, KSI beat Logan Paul, so he's kind of a t- tomato can himself. Uh, okay. 
Tommy Fury beat Jake Paul, so he's washed up now too. So okay. KSI sell Poppy, either one of those guys or whoever. And then we'll yeah. figure out somebody for you to fight. Maybe we do the tag team thing. Yeah. Tag team thing. Do the tag team thing. I'm in, man. I'm in. I'm in. Sign me up. Tag team thing. Then uh, we both have to cut weight, and I'll come back on the podcast, and we'll really trash those guys. <laughs> That's <laughs> all about. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All comers. All comers. Uh, yeah, I would love to, man. I would. I would really love to. That'd be so much fun. I don't even know so what the rules of that are. I don't either. I don't either. I don't want to know the rules. Yeah. I don't want to because I don't want to know if I break them. I just want to be penalized. <laughs> Forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, John, what else you got uh coming up on the on the horizon here that we can uh we can uh, let's see. You I got a whole bunch go. of pro wrestling shows coming up. Um the Iron Sheik Massacre. I'm in the process of releasing that through a company called Film Hub, which means it'll be available to be watched on hundreds of streaming platforms, hopefully awesome. Amazon, Hulu, Tubi, Voodoo. Oh, uh, I'm looking Voodoo. forward to There's it. so many of them. The but um, I saw Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo was the appetizer. <laughs> yeah. Scooby the Snacks. Trailer, the trailer is on my YouTube page and okay. on my Instagram for uh, the Iron Sheep Massacre. Nice. Um, I'm working on a couple other shorts and features, which is interesting right now because there's a writer's strike going on in Hollywood, mm. which has kind of put a lot of people that I know like in weird positions. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, I think just uh, working on like enjoying every moment. And for yeah. right now, my moment is creating something that, I think is cool that other people hopefully enjoy as well. Cool. Well, I mean, at the end of the day that you got to keep your own sanity. And I think for people, I don't want to say for people like us, but I can't think of any other way of putting it. Um, The create, the creativity and the outlet for that. If it, if it is out of place, it's hard to be happy. Oh yeah. I mean, you have to keep most of our sanity because i mean some of us are wrestlers but for yeah. sure if there's yeah. no creative outlet i start to go nuts right <laughs> right 100 percent. that's yeah. what I, I need i need uh, an ability to to uh express that creativity and uh and i need my wife outside of that you know i don't, I don't know yeah. much, much else that i need i mean i need water but that's you know cookies yeah. and cookies i like cookies i like cookies too but water more than cookies <laughs> most of all, our wives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a round of applause for the wives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for the brownie point. You hear that, Mrs. Fish? She's out there. Yes, she please down. Down. She's listening. <laughs> she heard. All right. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. No, John, thank you. Thanks he for coming you. on, man. Appreciate KSI's it. coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Bring but, uh, <laughs> There we go. We'll just keep posting dirty pictures of him until on our uh, Instagram. Ooh, yeah. until he will just get worse and worse. <laughs> worse. <laughs> and we can go pretty, pretty low. Oh, Listen, yeah. We're two guys hey, that will sink pretty low. <laughs> There's not many people that will go lower than pro wrestlers. <laughs> not these two pro wrestlers. <laughs> Good boy. All right, Johnny. Frank.
Frank, you got any words? You got... I got nothing after that, brother. But you can buy this shirt. Right, Where can you gentlemen. buy the shirt? Where can you buy the shirt? Oh, uh, bobbyfishbarrel.com. Yeah, I look, I look good today. Woo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sit down. <laughs> All right. All right. Girls That's well. it. Bobbyfishapparel.com. Mm-hmm. Bobbyfishapparel.com. And apparently you challenged Andrew Tate to a fight tonight. I don't know, but. Whatever. A lot I mean, of I, listen, a lot of challenges there's over. probably a very good chance that Andrew Tate will kick my ass, but I don't know. I mean, I'll fight him. I like, I want to kickbox. That's what I want to do. If Andrew Tate is out there and he would like to, uh, like to get in there and see what happens. Like I'm a uh, shit. I'm game. Is he out of jail yet? It, is he, I don't open... know. Did he go to jail? He was, he got picked up overseas for some stuff oh i don't know if he's out or not it it there was was it underage well we'll talk about it while we're not on camera how about that it was bad it was bad okay well then there's even more reason to fight him you're taking out all comers yeah yeah, let's, listen, I don't discriminate when it comes to right. that. Anybody right. wants to fight Bobby Fish, hit up Frank. Yeah, please, let's fight. It'll be fun. Let's fight. There let's you go. Let's fight. There's a shirt. Let's fight. Let's <laughs> fight. Hey. Let's fight. Hey. Let's, you. let's fight. Let's fight. Let's fight. By the way, we do have some apparel coming soon to uh, Bobby Fish Apparel. <laughs> Limited <laughs> edition stuff. It, well, yeah. It'll be there eventually. You know, I don't know eventually. That's a good, they, you know, that's a good, that's Ooh. good timing. Eventually, Ooh. in time for in time for Christmas, yeah. we hope. Yeah, um, Next year. Well, anyway. yeah. I didn't say which Christmas. I just said Christmas. Right. <laughs> right. Well, we're still providing good content because I'll tell you what, that was the John Morrison episode. That's a good one. That a good was show. a good one. He's a good man. What a what a good dude. Well, I did enjoy your reaction when you seen Frank Muir pop on the screen. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that yeah, did, it was it was pretty there, outstanding but... to start this episode off and have Bobby mark out because Frank Muir was coming out. Like, just popped <laughs> it's in. Frank Muir, man. Like, I mean, oh, shit. He, he full on dislocated uh, Nogueira's shoulder. Like, I mean, I you know, just monumental <laughs> moments. He he tapped out Lesnar when you know. I mean, you tap out Brock Lesnar. Come on, please. Yeah. On that right, note. Boys. Frank's done. He's got nothing left to say. Mm-hmm. So you know what time it is, right? I think so. Say goodnight, Bobby. Goodnight, Bobby.